think we're going to do it. I think I'm going to go live. Let's go live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live edition of Repeater. As usual, this was recorded at QED in Astoria, Queens. Our guest for today is Mona Chalabi, a data journalist for The Guardian who has also written for 538, amongst other outlets. She's here to talk about the song No Romance by Tirza. We've also got musical guest Ivan Anderson of the band Cyber Attack here to cover No Romance and play a couple songs of his own. It's Ivan's second time on the show and we're really psyched to have him back. We're also really excited to tell you about our upcoming live shows. So if you like this episode and you live in New York, you should come see one of these get recorded for yourself. The very next live show is this Sunday, June 3rd, featuring Chrissy Shackelford. She's a writer on Wyatt Snack's Problem Areas on HBO and an incredible performer in her own right. Joining her will be Harlem-based musician April K. The show after that will be Sunday, July 1st, and we'll be featuring Carrie Cadet. Carrie is also a writer on Wyatt Snack's Problem Areas and a fantastic stand-up. Both of those shows are at QED in Astoria, Queens at 8.30 p.m. You can find more info at qedastoria.com. But until those live shows happen, you're just going to have to settle for the podcast. Thanks for being here. This is Repeater. For having me yes welcome welcome to the show Thanks. um we like to just start by talking about a little bit of music we've been listening to recently mm-hmm. and pat can kind of kick us off yeah um i've been listening to so many things uh pick one i can't it's, it's so hard for me to pick one thing i've been listening to uh but i just found this uh they're a long island band called small data s-m-o-l data however that's spelt. Um, and it's a cool, like five song EP sounds kind of like a bedroom, bedroom punk indie rock album or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, one of the songs starts off with the sound of a 56 K modem, which is a little terrifying, but, uh, it's actually a really fun and pretty album. So check it out. That's really cool. Can you spell that one more time? S M O L space. D-A-T-A. <laughs> Small data. Cool. Uh, I've been listening to the new Janelle Monet single, Pink, featuring Grimes, because it is very good and excellent. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, it's, it's the best song that came out this week. So yeah, uh, people can argue with it, but they're wrong. <laughs> um, and the music video is killer, too. Yeah. And she is just... I mean, my God, if these three songs that she's released so far from this album are an indication of what the rest of that album is, we're in for the best album of the year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The best of the year. I would predict. So, yeah. I mean, it's so good. All three singles are like three of the best songs that have come out in recent months. So uh, that's what I've been listening to. How about you, Mona? Um, I have been listening to some old school garage lately. Okay. Nice. Which is what a lot of British people of my specific age group, where I came from in London, I think, listen to all the time. Like, yeah, it's just quite um, good music for if you want to relax or if you're feeling energetic. It's just good music for anything, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All purpose. I don't know if it really traveled over here. I know Craig David, like, kind of moved over here. Uh Uh-huh. But did Garage really make it over here? I don't think it did. I don't think so. No. Because I don't think I really know what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd say no, probably not. It's like a a genre. I think now if I were to listen to it, I would be like, this is trash. But like (laughs) as a kid, I really enjoyed it. And is it poppier or is it rock? Is it... It defies, it defies, well, I mean, clearly it doesn't because it's, the genre is garage, Uh, but I don't really know how to describe it. It's like, it's like club music, which is so like not who I am at all, but it was just really, really good. Yeah. What are some of the uh, most well-known garage Um, artists? I'll bring you flowers. Yep. By, I don't even know who that one's by. Like they, all of them were all one hit wonders. Every single person that made a killer, killer garage track, apart from maybe Craig David, just disappeared into oblivion after (laughs) making like these amazing songs. Yeah. 
It's really good. Cool. I mean, now it's like, that feels like a whole thing I'm going to look up and try to uh, get into. I think you'll really hate the music. Be out of touch with, yeah. Good. (laughs) But you know, look it up, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I want to get into something I don't like from a long time ago. (laughs) That's what I'm shooting for. Uh, But what song did you want to talk to us about tonight? Um, it took a long time. I'm really sorry. I like ducked and dived a lot of your emails about mm. which song to choose. And I ended up choosing, uh, No Romance by Terza. I'm, is, does anyone here know it? Does anyone know it? No. Oh, we got I mean, I, I, it's not like niche and special or like, I just found it on my Spotify Discover. Which is cool. Discover. Yeah. Well, let's listen to a quick clip of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it is. Like the backing, no romance through like the whole time. It's great. So relaxing. It's a great loop. So that's just a little slice of it. Does anyone else like it? I'm just quite curious. Ah, lukewarm appreciation. (laughs) I will say uh, when you sent me the song and Pat and I, I think sat in both of our rooms separately listening to it. Uh, he immediately was like, oh, this song's really, really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also really liked it, like, off the bat. Um, but it was brand new to me. Yeah. So that, was, that, yeah. that was cool. Because I think most people probably, we end up usually getting songs that uh, we're familiar with, mm. I would say, most of the time, right? Yeah. 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 So that was very cool. Uh, now just we're going to... Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Yeah. That's just Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's try to guess why, why this song was chosen. <laughs> I think that you since you found this song on Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, I think you found this. To me, this kind of felt like something that would be part of like a boiler room series. Like, was a boiler room series? Well, then I'm <laughs> so right. Uh, <laughs> when I said it was part of a boiler room series, that's not what I meant at all. Uh, what, on, it's, what could it's, a boiler room series? A series where people like, live in boiler rooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I'm not super familiar with them, but it's like DJs will do these like things at clubs. I don't know anything about club music. Like sets? Um, like sets at a club know, where it's like ca- more like chill, down tempo mm-hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so the ones that I've listened to are like Jamie XX or mm-hmm. Fortet. Um, and they usually do like a 90 minutes of music where like something like this will be kind of interweaved in. Mm. So my guess, I'm going to stick to my guns on the boiler room thing, uh, is that you looked that up on Spotify <laughs> and this was the one track that really stuck for you. Mm. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. So this came up on your discover weekly. That's a bit of a, some kind of hint that I'll probably not use correctly. Um, but I would say that this song came on and something, this, this refrain, uh, that is in the background the whole time of no romance. Uh, maybe you were just dealing with some bullshit person in your life. Uh, maybe like had just exited and you were just like, fuck this. Uh, I'm just going to focus on my shit and not deal with, uh, not deal with like love for a for a minute. Mm-hmm. And that's, and this, so this song was kind of like this nice uh, little like chill anthem to that period of uh, of your life. That's my guess. No. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's not totally, totally off the mark, but I was hoping for more guessing because I don't have a therapist right now. And I just thought oh. this would oh. basically be like my therapy. That you sure. keep on like making oh, random sure. guesses about my psyche until sure. you're right. Okay. So maybe it's like the repetition. You just needed oh. like like a mantra almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe you weren't. Loved enough when you were a child. Oh, good. (laughs) This is what you asked for. Keep going. Uh, uh, What do you think it means? Ooh. Wow. Uh, The the ultimate therapist move. 
this is why I let go of my therapist because I was just like, I just, I come here for answers, but you're looking for me to give the answers. And I just hate it all. Anyway, also she always had a bandaid on her foot. Sorry, this is like a real tangent. <laughs> she always had like a bandaid on the top of her foot. And every single time I'd be like in there, supposedly supposed to be like talking about my own stuff, but I'd just be like, why is it still there? It's been like a month and it's just the same bandaid in the same place. That's weird. Do you anyway, think she has a very small, very embarrassing tattoo? I, th- I think that's... <laughs> I was thinking more like an ugly mole. Yeah. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. Either one, yeah. maybe. But like, just show me the tattoo. The plaster is really bothering me. Sorry, not plaster, <laughs> band aid. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So back to the song. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I think in general, my general vibe for my entire life has been like a bit of a belief that um, romance, at least the way that it's like portrayed in, on, like, in art and like also among my friends growing up and like their beliefs of what romance um, is were like felt really, really foreign to me. And I just don't really like, I don't really get it. Like I don't get why people think that romance is supposed to be like, I don't know. I don't don't know how to describe it. Like Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think of it as this like all consuming thing. And yeah, I also, yeah. Anyway. Well, you can just ask some questions on this. Yeah. Quick, I can tell, yeah. <laughs> well, no, so that it, it's a, yeah, it's a component of life, right? It's a, it's a part of a, no, it's not I mean, even, but it is, it's but like it's an optional like, tool that you may or may not take out of exactly, the space. Exactly. Kind of like, so like everyone in my family all had assisted marriages and like I, and so in this, I mean, they all call it arranged marriages, but I never ever use that expression because it has such a negative connotation because people like throw it onto the same category as forced marriages, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's not a forced marriage. Like everyone in my family got introduced to people and you get the right to say no as many times as you want. One of my cousins went through like 40 men before she, and <laughs> still kind of teased about it. But anyway, um, and, uh, and then you get to pick the person that you pick. And like romance doesn't really come into it. What comes into it is like cold, hard logic of like, how old are you? Like, where do you want to live? I can, I can tell like this really isn't going to resonate necessarily in this room, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to keep on describing it. Um, like just how, I don't know, like there's just so much logic in it. Mm-hmm. And I just really try to live my life, I guess, in quite a logical way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's that part of it. And there's also the part of it that I feel like society in general doesn't really emphasize friendship enough in like art and like all of these other, and just friendship is massively, massively important to me. Um, which I know you don't have to sing no romance if you're going to be like remembering your friends, but I just, yeah, I just, yeah. Anyway, but also obviously the song's quite painful. So there's definitely some bits <laughs> yeah. where, where what you said before was like definitely on the nose as well. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Breathe. Um, yeah, I, that's, uh, well, that's interesting because I think a lot of people maybe do, we have, we have very fucked up ways that we view romance in general. Uh, at least we like, I don't know, people that I know that, grew up here um because you're you're throwing a lot of stuff growing up right whether it's media whether it's your family or or, or whatnot and i think there's a lot of it that is inherently kind of negative because it gives you this idea of like what this idyllic sort of thing is that Mm -hmm. is love and the moment something doesn't live up to that it's very easy to be disappointed and upset about your place in life or about a relationship Mm -hmm. or any of that kind of stuff so there there is a, um, there's something very attractive, I think, about trying to be a little more logical about it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, like, spend our, uh, depending on, you know, when you maybe, like, settle down, but you spend the years after adolescence, maybe your 20s, 30s, 40s, but, like, learning that in a lot of cases to mm-hmm. be, to to learn that some of those things matter a lot more than um, how much does this person currently excite me. But I think it's not just about, like, um, a sense, I think you're absolutely right. I think some of it is about like this heady idea that like the relationship should be perfect. But I also think that society tells us that if it's like, well, I guess this is only when you're super young. If it's crazy and if it's bad, that's partly because you guys are mad about each other and like, you know, when you're young, yeah. I just think loads of my friends were in terrible relationships and they were like, oh, but it's just because like we're crazy about each other. And I was yeah. just like, what are you, th- I just don't get it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like you said with media and everything, like, the way movies and TV portray what romance should be mm. <clears throat> is incredibly flawed. Mm. It's, you know, you go to college and, you know, 
all the all the movies, every movie, is you meet that person in college and that's who you're with for the rest of your life because that's what the the story is. Which is probably true for some people, but like the fact that we get sort of pigeonholed into that structure of if you get out of college and you're not with your soulmate, mm. then you've somehow failed. And that's also wrong. But it's not just that. It's that I feel like so much of the depictions are about the start of relationships. Nothing to do with college. They're about the beginning of relationships. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. not enough art that's about like 10 years in or 20 years in. And like, yeah, that's stuff that I want to see portrayed. Yeah, because you get the 10, 20 years in and then that's turning into like the... uh, I don't know the, the nitty gritty of things. Like, I mean, the, the one year in is getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's so much that people think that that part of relationships, the more like mature part of relationships, is just boring. Um, but no, that's the really exciting bit. But don't you think that we've at least been told yeah, that it's absolutely. boring? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Right? Yeah, um, that like, oh, planning to go hang out with your in-laws every other weekend is fucking boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the idea that someone's going to, you know, I don't know, paint about that or write a song about See, it. See, seems... no, that's, that's not the thing though. I feel like the start of relationships is just like, it's about like, well, this is just nothing. but it's like people are, are, are reluctant to be vulnerable in front of each other. They're reluctant to be intimate. Like, then no, I don't mean sex. I mean, obviously like yeah. intimacy. Mm-hmm. And like when you're in something, that's when you're like, I don't know, like being dependent on one another while also being self-reliant individuals. I don't know. Like that's when the stuff gets really beautiful, right? Yeah. I don't know. So in your, I guess just kind of um, thinking back to maybe how the song resonates a little Mm -hmm. bit with you. Is it sort of a, do you feel like these concepts of romance and things are just things that you reject? Or is it something that just doesn't make sense to you? Maybe. Mm, Both a little bit. So it definitely didn't make sense to me. And then I remember I had like, like, he wasn't even that shitty, but I had a slight, (laughs) (laughs) it was a little bit shitty, clearly. Uh, I had like a little bit of a shitty boyfriend. And I just remember being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just like, it was just, I know this sounds so stupid, but it was like a real waste of my energy. Mm -hmm. Like I, oh God. So I, I, we were, we were actually dating in college. I was doing my master's degree and, uh, and like, it's a long story of how I got to do this master's degree. Like I didn't have an undergraduate degree and I was rejected from the college I really wanted to go to, which was Oxford university, which is like, you know, a really big deal in Britain. Mm -hmm. And I was really upset that I didn't get in because I was supposed to be like the the kid that got in I don't know anyway um and so I was doing my master's and I helped this guy write his application for Oxford and he got in and then promptly dumped me and I remember being like so mad just so mad yeah it's got real sounds well that just sounds like a shitty dude yeah I mean sure but also like obviously this is like one narrative like it's more complicated than that like I'm sure he didn't just break up with me like because he got accepted but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so how much does then love matter? Like if you're at the beginning of a relationship and you don't know yet, yeah. right? Because you don't know if you like, you really love somebody at the start of a relationship. Um, but, but if you're saying what? that, if there's like this, if there's something really good about, I mean, big lining up the logic of something, mm. right? Then what are you basing that initial kind of, uh, the willingness to take a chance on somebody Uh, what's it based on but I feel like what do you mean when you say love in that respect right because like all of my family who had assisted marriages like they really 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 love their partners they're like Mm -hmm. a fucking unit they're like so so you know but like maybe they didn't like fall in love in the sense of like you know seeing someone across the bar and being like yeah you know (laughs) which we know works most of the time (laughs) so like what is love what is what do you mean i guess yeah but i I, so i'm I'm sort of asking i'm curious what what you think of it because uh when i when i hear stories like that or i hear about couples that are like that like my assumption is like okay well they love each other now Mm. and we know that and that is true and so that's great but at a certain point they just decided to 
try to love each other. And they got there. Thank, thank goodness they did. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but if you don't know that you're going to get to that destination, sort of, is it just the, you're, are you just kind of like lining up the most things that you can and then hoping that the emotional part clicks? I guess, but isn't that kind of what everyone does all the time anyway? And you're constantly like deciding like when you're out for dinner with your partner and he's like, oh, just eating like such a slob. And you're just like, <laughs> it's okay. You know? Yeah. But sometimes for some people, right, you're letting that happen because you're so enamored with them. And sometimes you maybe it's because there's stuff that makes sense about being with them. And I think they're, they're you know, those are the two like. Yeah. Being enamored. I'm not, I'm not into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I'm really not into that. Yeah. I just think, yeah. Do you, is it happen and you shut it down or it just never really comes up that much? If I'm shutting it down, I'm doing it so good. It's so deep <laughs> in my subconsciousness. I have no idea about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm like a really, really, really hard person to date. As yeah. You can probably- <laughs> I would guess. <laughs> yeah. Just because like, you know, I'll go out on a date and like, if the, I guess this is what everyone does, but like, if someone is like rude to a server or something, mm. I'm just like, you yeah. are dead to me. Like you're just dead to me. Like that to me shows so much about your being and the way that you exist in the world. Like no second date. No. So what, what you're great, what you're very good at, it would seem is like those things that are deal breakers (laughs) early on don't slide. Sure. Like some people might, you know, uh, some people like see a a little bit of a flag and be like, uh, okay, well let's go out a couple of times and see how it goes. Maybe that's not as big of a thing, but it sounds like you're actually very good at listening to that and recognizing that it's that person's not going to work yeah I think that's partly because especially as I've got older I just think we as women gender was going to come up at some point I guess but we're constantly yeah. gaslighting ourselves right it's like oh he seems like a creep but like maybe he's not a creep or he seems you know yeah. like yeah. we're constantly we're constantly told that like our initial gut instincts are either like um voodoo witchy bullshit or, <laughs> or they're like unfair or ungenerous to someone yeah. i'm like no if it's about like just i don't know fundamentally protecting myself like i'm gonna cross the road i'm not gonna go on the second day like you're a little bit dead to me yeah that anyway. makes a lot of sense um but well, it also occurs to me so you're you also uh you're field that you work in mm-hmm. is very like logic yeah. and data driven mm-hmm. right i have a spreadsheet for my love life too cool yeah what, <laughs> what does what does it look like um, without giving away the secrets of course sure it has like first name uh date like as in like the date of the date okay was you gonna say something no, no okay just... <laughs> um and whether or not we had sex <laughs> and notes notes <laughs> Okay. That's it. It's not super, super detailed. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. No, like graphs or anything. No. Any, uh, any conditional a... formatting or anything? No. <laughs> All right. The, the thing that's really interesting is just even from having dates, like I plotted out all of the dates and you can so see how like I'll have a bad date and then just be like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. Or like, it was just interesting to me that like I tend to go out on dates on Wednesdays for whatever reason. I don't know. Like huh. dates are still data that you can plot. Right. And I plotted it. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I'm never going to get a date off this podcast. Someone's going to be like, yeah. What do you Uh, think it is about Wednesday nights? I don't know. It's because, like, I I don't, I would so much rather be with my friends than on a date. So, like, I can (laughs) hang out with my friends, like, Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Monday or whatever, but Wednesday is just like a trash day. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, uh, like, exchanging numbers and stuff with this woman one time and constantly trying to reach out to her to go out and it would all, but I'd always be asking her to go out on like Friday or Saturday mm. for whatever. Cause that's my week. And at a certain point she just had to be like, I hang out with my friends those days. Yeah. You're never going to get them. Uh, she also didn't think we were ever going to go on a date. So can I, can I, I was just really, say, I, I was really wrong about what that number exchange was. <laughs> What like, did she like, think like, she was getting? At a like a- point, she like she made that clear. She's like, oh, "I go on my girlfriend's night." I was like, "Okay, cool." And then maybe a couple weeks later, I was like, "It was a Tuesday or something." I was like, "Hey, do you want to go out?" And it was just like there was this moment of clarification needed. And she's like, "You meet like for a drink yeah. as friends, right?" And I was like, "What the fuck have I been doing for the last few <laughs> weeks?" 
trying to set this Sending up. Sending a lot of text messages. I know. Just trying to plan, you know? <laughs> I love to plan. I know it's not a competition, but I'm sure that my bad date stories are so much worse than yours. Oh, I mean, that wasn't even a date. So okay. it doesn't even- <laughs> we like- literally, we literally ended up going to get food to talk about how we weren't going to uh... date. <laughs> And how we should like be, just be friends. And then I've never seen her since then. So that was cool. Hmm. What's your worst date story? Um, what is my worst date story? I, uh, this is the one that often, this is the one that's like lodged in my brain, but it's not really that horrific. Like mm-hmm. nothing horrible happened necessarily on the date, but it was like an eight or nine hour date where we kind of like wandered all over Manhattan. We went to, we started, it was like a touristy thing. Mm-hmm. And we started at Tom's Diner. We went all the way up to uh, Inwood. And then we went to South Street Seaport. And uh, I had, it was just pulling teeth the entire time. But why didn't you just say, like, why didn't you just wrap it up? This is so contrived. And I apologize to anyone that, (laughs) I used to do this dating project for a year of my life where I went on like a hundred dates in a year. Oh, wow. And so this was one of them. And so I did it because it was like, uh, I felt like I was bailing on my own thing. If I didn't go through the whole thing. And it was bad. <laughs> but, you know. Why? Because she just didn't want to give you anything. Yeah. You know, when you, you know, this is, you can apply this to anything, but it's like, you know, when you're like, hey, this isn't, this might be kind of like a drag to go through this uh, thing. Like, we're going to do a bunch of touristy stuff mm-hmm. for a day. That was the plan. And I was like, do you want to do that? Because you got to be on board or else this is going to really fucking yeah. suck. <laughs> and she was, just, this is all of Rima. She's like, absolutely, let's do it. And I was like, great. Somebody who's like into it yeah. and like wants to have a stupid day in New York. And then she hated everything. <laughs> I was like, why did you sign up for this? And also she, uh, she would never wipe her hands after <gasps> pulling a, cr- she'd pull pizza apart with her hands. Oh, that's not like that. But I thought it was like after the toilet hand. or something. You see the whole time. Oh, okay. That's kind of nasty. Weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your worst one? I don't think I've had one anywhere near that bad. Uh, that was just That's not even bad, luster. No, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a lucky, I'm a lucky guy. Uh, I don't know. The, probably the weirdest one was um, we went out for drinks in Midtown on like 39th, which was wonderful. But, um, and within the first hour, she started telling me about how she was like super into bondage, which if you're into that, live your life. I don't care. But like it felt weird that mm-hmm. like the olives had just come out and she was like, yeah, so I'm learning how to tie knots. And I was like, <laughs> are you a sailor? And she's like, no, no, no. Like for myself. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, like this. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and it was like, just fine. And then at the end she was like, Oh yeah, by the way, it's my birthday. And I was like, uh, happy birthday. Um, can I pay for your drinks? And she was like, no, I refuse. I like, sure. But she didn't have any money. So I had to pay. And then we had to, <laughs> And then she walked me to an ATM so that she could get some cash to then repay me. Fair enough. That's good. So like, it was not even really that bad. It was just like, not somebody I wanted to really. Awkward. Yeah, it's just awkward. I had a date bring me to hang out with her friends immediately (laughs) after, unplanned. And to hang out with the dude she then went and dated for like nine Uh, months. That sucked. Yeah. Um, And it was also at Elliot Spitzer's bar. (laughs) Elliot Spitzer has a bar. Who's Elliot Spitzer? A sh- disgraced politician? Is uh, that yeah. right? Uh, he has a bar in like the Lower East Side that's horrible. Mm. And that's where we had to hang out. So. Top your <laughs> I don't I don't even know which one to choose. They're all so much worse than that. Yeah. Like so much worse. The most recent one was I showed up. And I was like, oh, he's actually quite handsome. I'm feeling very, very optimistic. I know that sounds like very illogical after everything that I said that's very illogical, <laughs> but whatever. Um, and we sat down and I was like, oh, how's your day been? He was like, oh, not great. I've been arguing with my wife. And I was just like, mm. <laughs> why didn't you say? Why didn't you say? And he was like, oh, it's like my first. We've just started an open marriage and it's my first date. And I didn't really understand how these things work. 
And I was like, okay, well, you should definitely, definitely say in future. I was like, this isn't a date. Like there's so many people out there who would be totally happy to like date you in an open relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. So this isn't a date, but let's just like still stay and have a drink. And then over the course of the drink, he proceeded to tell me how he's white and his wife's white and he really wanted something exotic in his life. Um, He also was saying that he doesn't really get Black Lives Matter. He was, he was a French dude. Um, and the, the the beautiful thing about it is I just love women so, so, so much. Like the bartender was like looking at me the whole way through like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and like he went outside to go and smoke a cigarette and she just knew and she slipped me the bill. I was like, I'll just pay for all of them. It doesn't matter. Like I just need to get out of here. And she charged me like $2 for the drinks. And I was just Aww. like, yeah, yeah, really nice. Yeah. I mean, I think there is without a doubt, um, uh, somewhat kind, like straight white men have no horror stories compared to everyone else on earth, mm. you know, cause we just, we're the problem. In a lot of cases. <laughs> I think like most of the time, yeah. um, and everyone else just deals a lot more bullshit mm. than we deal with. I also have a, yeah, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. Good. <laughs> well, my friends have a theory that broken penises are attracted to me like moths to a flame. Huh. And when I say broken, I mean like fractured, like real issues. Oh, okay. yeah. Like men. People, like, no, 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 no. Oh. Like, Wait. one had Peyronie's disease, which is where it's bent to 90 degrees. Oh. So we are talking so about like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sort of joking, uh, but no, 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 you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I won't even go through the other ones, but they were like mind blowing. Whoa. What? Why? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't ask cause it felt rude right. to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but yeah. What's you and all your broken dick friends seem to like me. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, I would definitely wild. class myself as unlucky in addition. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so how does your, um, I feel like I, you have a you have a you have a podcast, right? Mm. No, you did made, for a second. I, it, kind of, we okay. made a pilot, and we're still figuring out what to do next. Okay, mm-hmm. well, but part of that, is, or maybe part of, I don't. You can speak for yourself, but part of looking at data for a life and a career, I imagine, is uh, making sense of things that like are these things anomalies or are these mm. things not? Right? Um, what is weird and what is normal? Yeah, and hopefully I guess paints a more objective picture of what is normal in yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that regard, I don't know, like, do you sometimes feel better about things that happen in your life? Cause you maybe understand that actually this stuff is pretty part of the course. Or do you know that what happens to you is super fucked up and weird? <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of know that when it comes to dating, like based on data, I'm not doing super well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It still, it still makes me like really, really, I just, yeah, I still find solace in it because like no matter who, where you are in the data set, there's someone else like you. So fair right. enough. I might be in like the, the 10th percentile with like shitty, unlucky women, but there's like another like bunch of women with, down there with me. Yeah. So it's okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That, um, yeah. How do you, so your Instagram is great. Thanks. Your illustrations are beautiful. And I guess I'm just wondering how you started uh, with the data visualization mm-hmm. and illustration and like what that means for uh, like how it helps you contextualize that data. Um, so, yeah, I started off doing like really classical charts. I was working for the International Organization for Migrations Iraq office. So we were like counting the number of displaced Iraqis in the country and just doing really, really classical charts. And I just got really frustrated with it. Like no one really cares. No one cares. Um, and the problem with most charts is if you were to remove the labels, they could be about anything, yeah. anything at all. They're like totally not memorable. And a lot of the issues that I'm like writing about are things that really matter. They're like, NRA donations to politicians or gun deaths or uh, not all gun stuff. Um, You know, they're things I really, really want people to remember. And so I started to like hand draw these charts, partly also because I used to be at um, a data journalism site that I felt like um, it emphasised 
I feel like sometimes also people have a bit of blind faith in statistics, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you if you were to read a sentence that's like one in three Americans are killed by this, there's a part of your brain that's like, maybe this is bullshit. But if you see it in a chart that's like, I don't know, like a bar chart that's like one in three Americans, for some reason that like sits in people's minds as more factually correct. And so I wanted to reintroduce that doubt and by hand drawing it, you're like remembering that a person drew this, that like mm-hmm. that person is fallible, that they made choices about how to represent the data. So yeah. Yeah. That's I imagine I that's a really to. important part of looking at data is uh, that, that a lot of people don't do necessarily, which is understanding that it's coming from some kind of source. Right? Yeah. And you have to know what the hell that source is. And um, but I think people do that, right? Like if you saw a chart that came from the NRA, you'd be like bullshit. Because it's from them. Yeah, exactly. So you do kind of pay attention to the source a little bit. But if it was from uh, the National Council on Guns, which is a thing I think I just made up. uh, (laughs) I bet it exists. I'm sure it does. But you know what I mean? If it has like a name of something you either don't know or just sounds official, I think most people are like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, yeah. Which could be like, you know, a dude named Gary sitting in the middle of... (laughs) West Virginia, just like making a yeah. organization for himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you Shout don't out know. to Gary. Yeah. What up, yeah. Gary? <laughs> what are we doing tonight? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think I, I think we are a bit mindless when it comes to that stuff. It it it, just, it does depend a little bit on context. Mm. If it looks, if everything looks official, then it's like boom, cool. Yeah. I, I, I believe it. But if it is like you know some blowhard in your office just like citing a fact then Mm. who cares but it's also i think whether or not the facts line up with what people thought the reality was you know like if it matches with what your assumptions are people like yeah 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 yeah." and when it like pushes back a little people are like "Mm, i'm not sure let me dig into like where this came from yeah i would hope people do that well i mean you hope that people do it all the time right like when i open up a spreadsheet i really have to like check myself to be like to state my hypothesis if you like to be like well, what do i think the data is going to tell me and then what's my test for whether or not it's correct right because the test for whether or not the data is accurate can't be whether or not it fit my blind assumption Mm -hmm. that was based on no knowledge that the the yeah the test has to be more rigorous than that yeah absolutely yeah um, and when you go about starting one of these illustrations, mm-hmm. is it just something that like pops in your head? You're like, oh, I wonder what that is. Or do you have like a, a spreadsheet of ideas of things you would like to illustrate? I have a spreadsheet of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> um, spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. Yeah, I have a spreadsheet of ideas. I was working on one this morning that again was just like a question I had, which was like, what's the most common birthday? Because like people think their birthdays are common or rare. So I was illustrating that today. Um, but sometimes it's about like stumbling across something or sometimes it's about something that's in the news. And I think, oh, like, you know, everyone's talking about gun control. Let me do an illustration on that. So, yeah, different ideas, I guess. Mm. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad that the dating part of the podcast is over. <laughs> oh, we can circle back for sure. No, <laughs> no um, but so you, but yeah, because you have covered a lot of different whatnot with your with your illustrations and they are i guess i guess one thing i've always wondered too is is this when you started illustrating was to do these data visualizations or has that always also been a part of no no i only started illustrating to do the data visualizations i never did any illustration before that yeah cool no it's cool i I mean like my ignorant thing is i'm like oh probably like you know most data journalists and scientists wouldn't even like jump into the world of trying to then create mm-hmm. visual art from it, you know, cause it would be so intimidating or something like that. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, there's an artist called G monk, Bradley Monkowitz, uh, who started off doing, I think he was, I don't remember what he was doing. He was an oceanographer or something oh, and like was making charts for ocean stuff. And, uh, spent (laughs) the way he told the story when i saw him was that he was spending so much time making the graphs look pretty that somebody was like hey have you ever heard of graphic design Mm. and he was like oh no holy shit uh (laughs) i've been doing this submarine for too long (laughs) and uh subsequently went on to design all the interfaces in tron and uh oblivion and like all these like crazy sci-fi movies uh I mean, all the graphs that he's making now are all gibberish data, but like they're gorgeous. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. Um, do you have any kind of 
maybe hopes at how that feeds into your your work and your career yeah I don't know I just hope that it reaches so part of my frustration in like a previous job was I used to work at 538 and I feel like um most people who read 538 are people who describe themselves as geeks or nerds yeah. like the yeah um and I want to reach people who don't necessarily think of themselves as nerdy and who don't even necessarily think that they have an issue an interest mm-hmm. in certain topics but I'm like just slipping a chart in front of them all the same so that's kind of my goal yeah yeah I mean you're certainly the most popular data journalist I know of. Oh, I don't think that's even true. Is it? Sure. No? Yeah, 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 I don't know. Because but I because I just the world that I s- see your stuff pop up in is people that are just like, oh, this is cool. I would have never read the article probably mm-hmm. that this is based yeah. on, but I get to look at this visualization and it's immediately engaging and interesting for people to look at. That's good to hear. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think having it, like you said, having it be hand-drawn and helps humanize it because there's so many graphs that you see the numbers and uh it can be kind of overwhelming to understand what you're looking at Mm. and to understand like what is actually going on there and like um the one that keeps popping into my head is the illustration you had done for uh, the prisoners in america oh yeah is it the one where you kept on swiping when you yeah yeah and that i mean it's such like a simple little thing the swipe feature on instagram is Mm. like you put a bunch of pictures up, but to have it contextualized with here's how many people are in prison in America. Like it's just swiping on Instagram, but some part of that made it like really impact. Oh, good. Yeah. That, that was a commission by the prison policy initiative that got in touch to say, and it wasn't actually in prison. It was how many jail admissions there are each year. Ah, okay. And it's just one statistic, 10.6 million jail admissions each year, which is just, like absolutely astonishing and like I couldn't work out whether to portray it as a fraction of the adult population in the US which is like already in I think it's 0.05% of the US adult so one in every 200 uh is that right yeah one in every 200 uh adult Americans will go to jail in any given year or whether to just do it in like in terms of volume and I decided to go for the volume of you like swiping through because I wanted to convey I guess the scale of like how much it takes to just like imprison that many individuals, like the system of it, like, you you know, like it's a big system. Yeah. It's a huge system. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening a lot recently to, there's a podcast called Ear Hustle, Mm. if anyone's familiar with it, but it's, it's a fully produced inside of San Quentin penitentiary. Oh, wow. And so it's, and it's with like one outside host who she's sort of the liaison to the, podcast world mm-hmm. and everything and then uh the other co-host is an inmate um and it's all sharing all these stories uh throughout wow. kind of like what goes on at san quentin and also some of those guys have obviously been in other prison systems yeah. mm-hmm. so it's occasionally stories from outside there as well it's very interesting and great i mean it's so cool that it even exists yeah because that seems i did i definitely was like surprised that it was allowed yeah um, wow yeah I bet there's a lot of things they're not allowed to talk about for oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. episode at the end, he, there's, it's like the prison information officer or something basically has to, he says on the tape that he has okayed the whole episode. Whoa. Yeah. To have that wow. process, obviously. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, but switching gears a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what else comes up on your Spotify mixes? The, oh. <laughs> the dailies. Other than that one, hang on. Shall I have a look? Yeah, because sure. I actually really don't know. Let's see if we've um, heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also kind of amazed that when I looked up Terza before coming here, she's British, mm-hmm. and I yeah. was like, oh, because you you can't hear that she's British, can you? Uh, no, she doesn't sing with no. any kind of accent or anything. Yeah, I just thought that was quite a weird coincidence. Like yeah. maybe it's some. Um, There's know. not really that much information about her online, save for like no. a couple of interviews. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe she'll blow up in a couple of years and we'll hear all about her all the time. Yeah, but, yeah we're right ahead of the curve. Yeah. Where's my Hopefully. recently played? Oh, recent searches. Cardi B, obviously. Um, <laughs> UK Garage Classics. Workout mix, because I went to the gym. Congratulations. Beast mode, because I really tried at the gym. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, Black Panther. And I listen to a lot of dancehall as well. Cool. That's it. That's all my recent cool. searches. That's good. That's a great, that's a good mix. Who's good? Uh, dance hall is not a genre I'm into. Oh, really? Who's great? 
I don't know. good in dance hall. No. I just listen to, I'm really, really bad at even like I work in journalism and I should know who writers are and I illustrate and I should know who illustrators are. I like really don't know any names. Mm. Like it's kind of a running joke among me and my friends where they just tease me for it. Like one time I went out to dinner with um, a friend of mine who was from out town. I know we're probably running out of time. I'll tell this story real no, quick. Um, so he was from out of town. We went out for dinner. And at the end of the dinner, he was like, you know, I never ever see you. Let's get someone to take a picture of us. And so we went up to this guy and we was like, can you take a picture of us? And he was like, oh, you mean me and her? And my friend was like, no, no, I mean us two. And the friend was, the, the guy was like, oh, you mean me and you? And my friend was like, no, us two. And he was like, the three of us? And we were like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Anyway. <laughs> he eventually understood and was like, okay. And he took a picture of us and then was super, super nice. We chatted to them, him for a bit. And then the next day, my friend emailed me and he was like, oh, that was Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, then, that's really funny. And that's Whoa. like quite a typical me story. Like I don't, I don't get, I just don't know wow. who many of these people are. I yeah. really thought you were going to say like an actor on Gotham or something and not an absolute A-list celebrity. <laughs> He could walk in right now. I still would not. Would right. Not, yeah. Do you think that wow. like shook, shook his world that like somebody didn't recognize him or. I think he, it was really, really sweet because I should have realized he was a celebrity because when he finally got it, that we genuinely had no fucking clue who he was. <laughs> he was so humble and so sweet and clearly wanted to hang with us to be mm-hmm. like, oh, normal people. And we were yeah. like, all right, chill dude. <laughs> and then just like, went home. yeah. Anyway. Uh, this does bring us back to something from earlier, though. It, could you maybe just talk for a second about the importance of friendships? Sure. Because it seems that that, like, fucking matters a lot more than, you know, yeah. Robert Downey um, Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And yeah, dating yeah. and stuff like that. So, because yeah. you're right. we It's not something I think that certainly not enough, like, art is about it. Yeah. Um, but maybe that we don't even necessarily talk about them. It's, it's, friendships, in my experience, are like taken for granted a lot of the time. Yeah. And we, uh, yeah. But. but I think they take work. I think they really, really take work. And it particularly like, you know, now that I live over here, I've lived here for four years. Before that, I lived in France as well. And so like a lot of my friendships are long distance friendships. And that takes a lot of work too, yeah. right? To like constantly check in with each other so that like it doesn't come to a point where I'm like, what's going on with you? Like I need, you know, um, so my closest, closest friend, I've known her since I was three. Um, a lot of, a lot of my friends I've known either since high school, which is when I was 11 or like, you know, and then especially when you move to a new place, like your friendships are so important for like feeling grounded and having a network. Like this morning I was helping a friend move. Like you need, I don't know, you just, one person is not enough in the world. And I do think, again, part of this, like idealizing of romance is like my other half Oh, I can't handle I hate that <laughs> so much. Like you cannot exist as a unit, just the two of you. That is not enough. Um, and my, my, yeah, my friends just really, really come through for me. And I really hope they feel the same way about me. Yeah. So what is it? Like I'm from New York. I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to move countries. And what is it look, what is checking in with somebody internationally look like for you? Well, it's really hard just because of time zone differences. Yeah. That's like such a pain. So very often <laughs> I'm the one who just like, because I don't know. I, yeah, I just like will be in the toilet at work being like, hey, how was the date last <laughs> night? Because oh. um, otherwise I just won't get to speak to them. Yeah. Or like I'll, I'll talk to like I'll talk to someone as soon as I get out of the shower while I'm getting changed. Or like if I'm walking to a place, I'll quickly try to call someone. Um, so a lot of it is calling uh but yeah, like, I don't know, like you all have those m- moments, especially with, yeah, I don't know where like your friends kind of get on your nerves a little bit or like they say something that feels a little bit off. And like, I think you have to like practice generosity and like goodwill to just be like, uh, that's okay. That doesn't fundamentally change who you are and who you are is like a wonderful person. And you have to keep on like working at it. I don't know. Yeah. They're just, they're just so important to me. I can't even, yeah, I can't even begin to like describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, the importance of those people and those friends are worth, you know, going through that and yeah. wor- working on that yeah, stuff yeah. with. Especially like this friend that I've had since I was three, like the line between family and friendship is incredibly blurred. Like I'm really, really close to her parents. I talk to her parents all the time. She'll go out with my mom, like mm-hmm. when I'm not home in England. I don't know. Like it's family. It's family. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really nice way to think of it. I mean, I haven't really said anything profound. I'm sure everyone feels that way about a lot of their friends, right? I think I would hope so. you're right. Yeah. Um, but maybe people don't maybe acknowledge it and say it, you know, uh, just 
putting in like putting it in perspective that way I think is very helpful. I wonder if some of it nice. is just being a woman. Like, do you say I love you to your friends all the time? Mm, very specific friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the same, but also like trying, just trying more because you're right about like family and friends mm. and what that means. And uh, like, maybe this isn't like a profound thing, but at the same time, it's easy to forget. You can just pick up your phone and call somebody. And if you miss them and leave a voicemail or text mm. them. And um, I saw a tweet the other day that was just like, hey, yeah, being an adult's hard just text your friend and say hello what's up just yeah. whatever like oh yeah because you're so inundated with so much other stuff it's very easy to just forget mm. to get in touch with somebody or it feels like a chore as well is the other thing mm. right it's like oh i should text this person and i should do my laundry and i should do this yeah i literally like write down on my to-do list yeah text me too this person. yeah yeah, yeah that's what it feels like but that's why phone calls are better like even the phone call can feel like a chore because it's like i have to do this specifically at this time otherwise i'm gonna miss this yeah. person but once you're actually on the phone and you're like talking about something funny or something intimate i don't know then it doesn't feel like a chore anymore yeah yeah i uh one time this dude that i had not talked to since high school yeah. i was on vacation uh in mexico really randomly and all of a sudden he was facetiming me and i think it was because oh, maybe <laughs> yeah i think it was i think we were ex- what we were doing oh we were me- messaging each other and he was exchanging information because he was maybe going to be coming to new to new york and he immediately facetimed me because i think he must like hit my number or something and then uh he hung up and i just facetimed him back and we just have not we had not talked in probably 15 yeah. years at all and we just sat there and like had a 10 minute FaceTime conversation <laughs> with each other. And it was awesome. Yeah, like, I was yeah. so happy that this dude was there on the other side and was just, uh, he was like, yeah, this is weird. Well, what are you up to, man? <laughs> and, yeah. but it, it's like, there was that moment of it feeling, uh, uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it was a moment. And then after that, it was just this really nice interaction with somebody I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And also, I guess, analyzing why it feels uncomfortable for that moment. Like, why is it that like, we feel that like, we're so, well, in part, in part, I think if you're not somebody that makes a lot of phone calls, it's just a thing that doesn't happen that often mm. anymore. You have the option to just send a little Yeah, but there's lots of things message. that don't happen very often, but don't necessarily make you nervous, right? Like there's something yeah. about a phone call yeah. that, that feels particularly anxiety inducing. And I think it's, I think it's the fear of silence, which mm. I can definitely relate to. Like you may have noticed, like as soon as there's a silence, I just want to like fill it with space because <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable to yeah. me. Yeah. I, it's, the, it's silence or just inconveniencing somebody or yeah. they're at work or mm. whatever. But um, for me, it's, it's the, I think I'm inconveniencing them or I think that they don't like being on the phone. And then I get stressed out about what would they feel about anxiety the phone call. Yeah, to be in. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for sure. But one thing that I've been doing, I have a friend that lives in San Francisco and we send postcards to each other. Oh, wow. And that's fun. Cause yeah. it's like, it's a physical thing. And then I get a cool little postcard yeah. from like Death Valley or something. That's like nice <laughs> to put up on the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. Mona, thank you so much for talking with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Give it up, everybody. <laughs> if you want to hear Ivan's cover of No Romance, head on over to repeater.show where you can stream it. And maybe you just hit pause and you did that and you're so impressed. Or maybe you're just listening right through and you intend to do that later. You know what? Either way, follow your bliss. We're going to give you back to Ivan for a couple cyber attack originals right now. This is Invincible. You know I always hate to cry But that's alright by now Still got these X's in my eyes But I feel fine I feel just like this all the time to cry 
Cause I like when we first met And I forget but I bruised easily I bet I still had my baby teeth left Just to guess back then I couldn't hear it yet With all my enemies I think it's only you and me And now we're all grown up We just keep on acting tough It's making us Invincible Invincible Thank you. All right, so remember when you guys were talking about like nobody ever wrote songs about friends? <laughs> Everything was just always like romance. Um, I have a song I wrote called Friends Again. It's not really about being friends, though. <laughs> it's, it's actually about a different uh, kind of relationship. <laughs> it's called Friends Again, though. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. It's about being friends. Is this goodbye sunshine till who knows when? No, just another time that we pretend. Maybe we should just leave it all behind. Don't think about back then. Try not to see everything as a sign, but I keep on wondering when we'll be friends again. Think of all the times before that you came around. Can't you do that anymore? Can't you do that now? What if something else is in store for us? Just around the bend. Fashions turn to ashes and dust to dust. Then what are we all in the end? Are we friends again? Are we friends again? Are we friends again? Thank you. All right, how we how we doing? Is that it? We good? Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cyberattack.world. Right, Cyberattack.world. Uh, you're currently recording an album. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, Keep your ears out. Cyberattack's making our first record. Very cool. Um, I guess follow the Instagram for information. Follow the gram. Follow the gram. Uh, everybody give it up again for Ivan. And one more time for Mona as well. Thank you guys all so much for coming. We'll see you soon. Take care. If you want to keep up with Mona, you can check out monachalabi.com and also follow her on Instagram and Twitter at monachalabi. She puts out so many great articles and data visualizations, you will not be disappointed.
And if you want to hear more from Ivan Anderson and CyberAttack, you can check out cyberattack.world online and also follow them on Instagram at cyberattack underscore world. We got to talk about a lot of really cool stuff on this episode. So thank you so much to Mona for coming out and kind of, you know, reframing how maybe we think about love and romance. That was a really different take than what we've had on the show typically. And also thanks to Ivan for doing an instrumental cover of No Romance. That's also super new and super unique for us on the show and was very, very cool. We hope that you enjoyed this live episode and we hope that we see you on June 3rd or on July 1st. Both those shows are going to be awesome. Until then, hit repeat. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at QEDAstoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at HiFi-Records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.